Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. My name is Frank, and joining me as he does every week now in this post-crisis era uh, is my friend Tim Five. Frank, I'm I'm done having my existential crisis, as you say, and I've really come to ten main facts about myself that I would really like to lay out for you in intricate detail over the next forty-five to forty-seven minutes, mm. if that's okay with you. I mean, I, it sounds like I don't have a choice, so I, I guess okay. Uh, uh, sure, ten, ten. Fa- wow. All right. Okay, number Here. one. I should feel comfortable with my hair color being brown. There's Most people's hair color is brown, and there's no reason that I shouldn't also enjoy my hair color being brown. Oh, boy. Number two. My, <laughs> <laughs> my face is green. A lot of people's faces aren't green. <laughs> uh, a lot of people's faces aren't green. That's a good what thing. Gives? Yeah, what, what, what's with that? Green is a perfectly natural color. The grass is green. Why can't my face be green? These are the questions that I would have asked myself under an existential crisis, but now I'm totally fine, probably. Wow. Well, I'm glad of that. I'm glad to hear that. That's that's, that's good. Thank you. How are you in this post-crisis era? Uh, well, not as uh, introspective as you are, I guess, but okay. <laughs> okay, uh, great. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, Frank. Good stuff. I'm glad that you're okay and I'm okay and that our worlds actually aren't very different at all. But Frank, I got to tell you, Yes, Before sir. we dive into the mailbag, mm. I'm super jazzed that this whole episode was like, what's it like, post-crisis world? Because we uh, we have talked about for years how Supergirl is rarely affected by any type of crisis, and now it's like, bam, full crisis mode, now you're affected by everything, haha. <laughs> yeah, and they spent this like pretty much this whole episode kind of outlining what the world looks like post-crisis, so yeah, they definitely are affected by it, that's for sure. I like it. All right, now on to my second point. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to... I'll throw in my points randomly as the episode goes Jeez. on. How's that? Okay, okay. sure, but uh, th- first I think we need to open the mailbag. Oh, open... Okay. There you go. There we go. Thank you. I haven't forgotten in this post-crisis era. Is this like a... Yeah, I kind of wish that the, the world's remerging would have like changed the, the mailbag technology, but I guess I still need <laughs> this like hydraulic system to open the mailbag. <laughs> it's a big bag. It's very it's, heavy. It's very big. It's very I mean, heavy. I could I could go the... You've got mail. I can do that instead if you want. We could. We could We've actually that. regressed from a hydraulic machine opening a bag. I'd like to, to think it's like... AOL. Gideon like announcing announcing uh, the, the mail... Yeah, going forward, yeah. Uh, kept, uh, you know, Captain Lance, you have mail on yeah. the Wave Rider. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That seems like Captain more... Ramblings. You have yeah, mail aboard the podcast. Yeah. Uh, well, we do have mail, and uh, the first one comes from Randy. Randy follows up with us from last week, where we, right after hour five of Crisis, we talked about what did we think in. Well, actually, I guess it was after hour, hour four, technically. You know, did we think that the two flashes were in the same room? And Randy sent us this photo uh, where they were very much, Ezra uh, uh, and Grant were very much in the same room on the set of Star Labs for real. So uh, I was wrong about that. I, I assumed that they had, you know, d- done some uh, computer-generated 
uh, mumbo jumbo there to make that happen. But they were really in the same place. They really were in Vancouver together. Somehow, Ezra being there didn't get caught, uh, you know, on, on the any of the, the the blogs or anything like that, or any, uh, um, you know, photos of him approaching set or anything like that. So they were really there. They really did it in person, which I am very impressed they were able to pull that off. I definitely Me thought too. that it was on a green screen. Uh, honestly, because I just assumed it would have been too hard to coordinate that, but I was wrong. No, I'm glad that it worked out. And then 200 crew members just kind of kept quiet about it, which is, I think, the more impressive part, that just there are 200 people that watched it happen and not a single person was like, yeah, man, two flashes came together. Pretty cool. I know. I know. And I even... You know, I think we also said something about like if they did do it together, it's probably a closed set where there was hardly anyone around. But it sounds like it was like the full crew, like the typical. I, I was at Guggenheim or someone. Someone uh, confirmed it. Um, I think it was Mark Guggenheim. Guggenheim, Guggenheim confirmed a lot of things. So yeah. I want to say it was him. You know, if you think about it, that means that the two versions, three versions of the Flash came together for this one nineties right. television. Uh, 90s television, current television, and current movies, which is pretty cool. And then you have uh, classic Superman and then modern television Superman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. And and I, it in a weird way, it was almost a misstep like not to have a doppelganger Supergirl or a doppelganger Arrow, except that it really isn't like you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, maybe they reached out to those people and they were unavailable. Maybe Helen Slater was unavailable or wasn't interested, uh, or maybe um, um, Justin Hartley. Was Hartley, thank you, was uninterested in coming back to play Green Arrow. But it would have been cool to have like our big counterpoints all have character counterpoints. Right. Right. Right, yeah, that would have been cool. I bet they reached out to a lot of those folks, but weren't able to schedule it, or or you know whatever, um, or they weren't interested. But it sounds like I mean, they they reached yeah. out to like everyone that they could. Yep, sounds like it. And then some were interested, but they were too expensive. Some you know couldn't fit it in, and then some like we're, Ezra Miller was like, "Yeah, man, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. Yeah, let me get back into that super uncomfortable Flash costume. I know, and then give you." And then have television give you the origin of the name Flash for the DCEU. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, Me too. Yeah. I'll, I'll put the costume back on. It looks like I'm not doing it on the big screen anytime soon. So I guess I'll just, just keep it warm while, they figure, a, the, while they figure the, stuff out over there. The movie's got a 2021 release date. So they're allegedly filming soon. But I've been hearing that since before Justice League came out. Yeah. So we'll so maybe not before Justice League, but still. We'll a see. While. We'll see. But I think it's just it was it was really great to see everybody together. But we're not really here to talk about Crisis Frank. Go dive into another letter if you have one. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, the next one comes from Claire. Claire asks, uh, why do they say there was no multiverse when at the end of Crisis we saw multiple Earths? Can you guys think of an explanation or is it just a huge continuity error? I don't think that they know that's what I that think. the multi they don't know that the multiverse is still out there. They yeah. assume that they're just all on one earth together. I think they've seen that uh a couple of their earths combined and they think that Earth Prime is the only earth left. Right, because of Barry. They think not Barry because of Ollie. They think Oliver kind of made this deal at the end to kind of or like figured out a way to merge Earth 38 and Earth 1 together to create Earth Prime. Right. But and then, I think they think that's all earths came together. Right. And not just not just the two. Right. 
Right. Yeah. So and it's only with certain people like Sean going around being like, boom, get your memories back. Boom, get your memories back. Boom, get your memories back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that's what that's about, uh, Claire. That's my. That's that was my my guess there. Uh, and the last one here comes from Wu, uh, and Wu says generally thoughts about the episode. Uh, good episode to get longtime viewers back to the show, uh, or in the case of myself, reintroduce myself to the series. My favorite aspect of this episode was Kara and uh, Alex's adjustment to Earth Prime. The fact that Cryer is essentially playing post-crisis Lex Luthor from the comics. Um, without him being president of the United States, at least not yet, anyway. Mm. Uh, and in a way, getting a Lex Luthor Brainiac team up and Lena and her brother's uh, partnership of convenience. Those were all of Wu's favorite things. I got into. I first got into DC Comics because of Lois and Clark, the new adventure to Superman. Good choice. Uh, and Cryer is playing a version of Lex that is similar to John Shea's season one uh, portrayal of Lex in, um, uh, in, uh, in that show. Uh, where most of Metropolis, in this in this show's case, National City, looks at Lex as philanthropist, and only a few people know Lex's true self. Cryer After Crisis, uh, and this episode may be my new favorite live-action Lex Luthor. And he gives this episode a 3 out of 5. Great. Great. I think it's a really um, cool comparison with the John Shea. Um, everyone thinking that he's a good guy, and only you know a few people who know him really well knowing the truth. That's a that is a that's that's true. That's something we haven't seen all a ton of on on TV. It, in on TV in yeah, live action, in comics certainly. you've seen it a lot, but that's but, that's pretty much the mo up until pretty recently from the eighties until recently for Lex in comics was everyone thinks he's a good guy except for the people that really know who he is. Um, but the John Shea connection, I like the Batman, the, uh, Superman, the animated series, everyone thought he was a good guy yep. as well. Um, following in the trend of the crisis, but his portrayal, I've, I've not really thought about this, but they both do play the, um, charismatic Lex Luthor, but not the zany charismatic Lex Luthor. Like, like Gene Hackman is kind of in Kevin Spacey in his, in his way was, um, zany, but charismatic and, and there's a there is a a like a very there's more of a sass or a sarcasm to John Cryer's Lex Luthor almost in a way like Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. Hmm. Uh, he has that level of or like a Sherlock or something like that. It's that modern TV intelligence that you know the way we're portraying intelligence on TV these days. There's a trend of this particular style. Um, or in or in entertainment, I guess a little cocky, right? Knowing he's the smartest yep. guy in the room, like, uh, yeah, definitely. But 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 charming and suave at the same yep. time. Yep, and has the, like the the sassy comment to kind of end all sentences, right? And that kind of thing. But I think um, Cryer's Lex Luthor that we saw in the previous season and then in this one is he's. I guess, well, because he's a bad guy, but he's menacing in a way where all those other smart and sassy characters are not. And I think that Cryer's Lex Luthor is still the smartest out of all of them, based on all the stuff that we've seen. He's actually a scientist and a and a megalomaniac and a mastermind in all these different aspects of Lex Luthor, in which John Shea really wasn't on Lois and Clark. He had his moments... But uh, he was really more of a sit and watch what was happening, smoking a cigar, making a funny comment to Nigel the butler kind of thing. Um, was Nigel his name? I don't pretty remember sure, right now. Pretty sure it was Nigel. You've watched like, it more re- like, more recently than I have, so you're probably right. I think it was Nigel, kind of like the nanny. I think I, I uh, correlate them together. But 
Um, but anyway, but yeah, um, he was more of a John Shea was more of like the billionaire, like pulling this. He he would have a, a master plan or whatever, but he would just pay people to do it. That's Where right. Here, uh, Cryer's Lex is more of the master manipulator himself. He's the he's the mastermind behind the whole plan. He can actually execute parts of it because, to your point, he's a scientist. He's an expert. He's a Renaissance man, right? He knows a little bit of everything mm-hmm. or a lot about everything. Um, he's well read. He's uh, accomplished in all these different fields. So yeah, it, it's a little a little bit different. But but you're right. The portrayal is similar uh, in in terms of like attitude and the way he kind of carries himself. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I like I like that comparison a lot from Wu. So um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff all around. Um, quick reminder: um, if you uh, didn't catch it last week, we did put out a quick mini episode uh, in the feed. You might have missed it in the midst of all the crisis stuff. Quick mini episode where we named the winners of our giveaway from Apple Podcast reviews. Uh, when we hit 200 reviews, we we promised we would do a giveaway. We did it last week. We named the winners in that mini episode. Uh, so if you have not. Uh, heard that episode? Go back and listen. See if your if your name uh, was mentioned there, because we want to make sure that we get those prizes uh, out to to all of our all of our winners. Um, those were Demayer One B, Stephanie Long, and Mannequin Mel. So if if you you're out there and you're listening, and you haven't claimed your prize yet, shoot us an email at mail at supergirltvtalk dot com. Uh, and uh, the available prizes are uh, I Zombie Dead to the World, uh, Legion of Superheroes. Enemy Rising and Supergirl Power, uh, three great books that uh, Tim has graciously donated from his his library, his collection. So uh, be sure to to claim claim a prize, uh, the prize of your choice, uh, if you haven't already, and if you didn't get a chance to hear that that mini episode. Uh, anyway, that's a little piece of housekeeping. But now that that's out of the way, uh, Timothy, why don't we? move right along uh and why don't you tell me a little bit about this uh, episode huh what uh what gives what, what what was this bottle episode all about who is who who wrote it who directed it who all that fun stuff oh my gosh well frank you had so many questions but i'll answer all of them this was episode number 10 out of season five the episode title was the bottle episode the writers were well it was story by derek simon and teleplay by nikki holcomb and jen troy and it was directed by tanya mckiernan so, Frank, I was able to answer all of your episodes, I think. That you were? You answered every question? I th- indeed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, Frank, the bottle episode, is a the title is a reference to something, but I'm not exactly sure what it is. I read it recently. I can like, tell before you. The, oh, good. Excellent. So I'm going to sit back and tell you that my number three thing that I am... I came to in my existential turnover about myself is that I'm ready to listen more when people talk. So Frank, I'm ready. I'm ready to listen when you when you're ready to tell me. Thanks. Thanks. A bottle episode. But also, but I'm, I'm gonna know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm just yeah, kidding. All right, all right. <laughs> Please. So, ha, you know, episodes of uh, let's say like an episode of Friends where they'll do like a a a, a clip show, um, uh, and all the all the all the characters are I know I know friends did this at least at least once all the characters are sitting around like Monica's apartment and they're just in in Monica's apartment and there's like a few scenes or there's like one conversation of oh remember the time we did this and then it becomes a clip show where they they flash back to the Thanksgiving episode where Chandler lost his toe that's Bam. it bottle that's episode. it so yeah. so they're they're it's called a bottle episode because they're on one set the entire time they don't leave this one set sometimes there's clips of of sometimes it's a clip show sometimes it's not a clip show but the point is they they're they're bottled they're stuck in one set 
maybe it's an episode of a show where like I'm sure I know there was an episode of Smallville that I again I'm, I'm going to fail to remember exactly which one it was, but where like they were locked inside like a safe or something. The point is your your uh, characters yeah. are stuck in one location for the entire episode because it's cheaper to make the episode that way if there's no one. Oh, set, uh, okay. Then so. I, I retract my friend's example. Then then you want the one where everybody isn't ready or everyone gets ready, where Ross is trying to get everybody to get ready to go to this thing where he's winning an award or accepting an award, and like some people aren't. Nobody's dressed yet, and like Monica's got to call, you know, her ex boyfriend. Yes, it is the one. And, like that. It yep, is okay. Yep, that's right. That's right. Uh, maybe maybe a, another really good restaurant uh, example is the Chinese restaurant episode of Seinfeld, where they're oh, yeah. in the waiting mm-hmm. area of the Chinese restaurant for the entire episode, waiting for their table. Yep, yep. that's a that's bottle a, episode. That's a solid episode too. Right, that's, right. That one's so classic. Good. Got right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so yeah, that's that, that's a classic. That's a classic example there. So so there you go. Uh, that's a bottle episode. So that's what this this was a pun about. Uh, it was about bottle episodes in general. Hilarious because we saw so many sets in this episode. I know it wasn't a bottle episode. It just it's just a pun because of the bottle. But yeah, it, it was not the definition of a bottle episode at all. I love it. I love it. All right, Frank. Let's um let's start with that. Was a good bit per our usual. What was your first good bit? Uh oh man. All right, first good bit. I enjoyed the uh commercial for the deo so much did i enjoy that commercial so much <laughs> oh man yeah i actually had that under the the storytime village the theme the integrity of journalism i had that as like a commercial that was like selling a lie but it wasn't really a lie because they are doing that but i wonder what nefarious things lex luther has in the wings that he's gonna learn about himself i don't yeah, know exactly yeah I enjoyed that very much. I said this at the top of the episode, but I loved how much of this episode was just affected by crisis in general. That was a generally Same. a good bit, but I, I good bit for a good explanation. I liked the show's way of saying that like Jean just can't give everybody in the world back their memories of a previous crisis of the previous world because everybody's brains would explode from all of the stuff eventually, probably reasons it's actually a question that never occurred to me. I was just maybe because I'm a comic fan and I'm like, yeah, realities merge all the time and they don't bother dealing with the normies. They're mm. just like, yeah, they'll just never tell them and they'll never have to know and life will go on the end. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. They like it, Frank. They um, do. Yeah, they do. What was your next good bit? Um, I, you know, I just love the fact that, that the female Brainiac 5 is played by Megan Rath, who's just your sister. Yep, very good. She did a great job, too. She was really, fantastic, yeah. Really enjoyed great. that. I enjoyed that very much. Good bit. Um, I like the DEO has a Hellmouth in it. That was fun. That's a I fun... Know. Like, I love that. I love, I love that as a, sort of as a Buffy reference, because they use that term so much, a Hellmouth, uh, on Buffy. So I love that, too. So, but I was, so the Hellmouth, because I, I didn't watch Buffy, so re- correct me if I'm wrong, but the Hellmouth is, like, literally the place where the demons come from, right? Yes, that's right. So, so there's one in the DEO... Yes, that's what she said. Yes, so we're gonna get more mon- we're monsters, more aliens, and whatever coming right from the heart of the DEO. Looks like it. But I like this idea that the DEO, like the place for the DEO, is built upon the Hellmouth, so they have to like contain inside the container, which is really cool. I I maybe expect more bottle episodes from that. Hmm. Truth. Truth. Yeah, I like that. Very good. All right, next good bit. Uh, next one for me, it's gonna be May. Oh, you skipped all the way to the end, but yeah, that was a 
one of my favorite parts of the episode. That was I great. was here for the bar fight, Backstreet Boys yes. bar fight. In sync, in sync, not Backstreet Boys. Oh, don't, no. don't, you don't oh, want to, no. you don't want us, you don't want to mix those up. Mm, ah, but you see, Backstreet Boys bar fight was great alliteration. I know, I know. and I don't want to take it back. Doing this tonight? No, probably gonna start a fight. That was the song, right? Yeah, That's hey right. baby, come on. It's gonna no, be me. No, that I'm pretty sure that was just bye bye bye. What you just did. Sure. <laughs> it's all the same. It's all. Either the way, same. I was here for the boy band bar fight, Frank. Boy, there you there, go. Add a boy. You I fixed yeah. it. There you go. Fixed I it. Fixed it. Fixed I fixed it. it. Uh, maybe it's better. We don't know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? Any other good bits? Oh yeah, I got a few actually. All right, um, I, a man of tomorrow ceremony. Yeah, 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 yeah. Superman is traditionally the man of tomorrow. Girl of Steel, girl of tomorrow, is given to, as a title to Supergirl quite frequently. And Lex in this new world in Earth Prime supersedes Superman and gets the Man of Tomorrow award. I, I know. Kinda, I love that. I know. I like that as a as a yeah. Like it's another like way to like sort of stick it to Supergirl. Yep. Uh, very good. Um, this is really small and dumb, but the conference room has a sliding door now. It has an yeah. electronic sliding door. It's like the, it's one of those like subtle changes where they're like, yeah, we redecorated a little bit. Just like one of those like slight. The I world got, is a little bit different now. I like that, too. I also got a little bit of a different vibe from that, though, too. Like the fact that Lex has it on like a button under his desk. Oh, a little very Harvey Weinstein. Uh, um, Matt Lauer. Like, yeah, Matt Lauer. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It um, gave me those vibes. And I felt like the like uh, Supergirl and Alex noticing it and looking at it was meant to give us those vibes like the way they looked at it was like mm, don't like that don't feel yeah. comfortable being locked in here with you i agree it is a glass conference room mm-hmm. so it, it there is a different connotation but they're still basically in a box locked in with lex luther yeah uh there is a there's it's something a gross move. yeah it is a s- absolute power move but i i enjoyed that change um yep. i also like that lex doesn't have an office like why are you in the conference room there's a hold up in the conference room just ahead of the DEO. Yeah. Just don't have an office. Just whatever. No big deal. Um, Al's bar got a facelift. Okay. I meant to ask that because I was like, is that supposed to be the same bar? Like, is that, was no, that called so, Al's bar before or is it so, no? A so place? Al's bar is different than the cantina because okay. we see the cantina in a different scene later on when all the brainiacs merge. That was in the cantina. Yeah, I don't think that's Al's bar. I think Al's bar used to be like a ref, like a a safe place, a secret bar for aliens, which also was the cantina, which became not that. So actually, you're right, though, but I did get confused because at first I was like, oh, goodbye, cantina. Now you're Al's bar. But then I was like, oh, wait, but no, that doesn't look anything like the cantina. Yeah, we were in the cantina later. So I got a little confused. It's one of those crisis things where they're just like, you know, it's a different Earth now, so things are a little different. Right, kind of like the conference room. I did like this idea that the there's it became like a multiversal hangout. Yeah, they yeah, were all these all the different, right? All these different, yeah, doppelgangers and people who just happen to be stuck in some kind of limbo somewhere where they just don't have an Earth to return to, or they don't think they have an Earth to return to because they don't think that there's a multiverse out there so they all kind of congregate at the bar i really liked that that was fun and then al is working with his 
multiversal counterpart, which I, I think is really fun. Um, that was fun. Um, do you have any more? Because I got a few more, but not many. Um, I did like, and I, maybe we'll touch on this later too, but I did like Lillian being back in the capacity that she's in. Me too. I do have something about that, but um, but uh, that is a, a good bit indeed. Uh, I liked Nia's spinning dream power thing, the redesign, where she was like, and I've got my powers. And it's kind of like this cortex, like spinning, you know, infinitesimal, always swirling thing. I enjoyed that. Instead of just being like, my hands are glowy. It creates yeah, yeah, a, a yeah. pattern, and I like the pattern. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. That was cool. Uh, yeah. I think that I... Oh, you know what I, I, I also liked? I liked that uh, when Brainy Prime uh, it takes off his inhibitors uh, and then absorbs the stuff, for, you know, I guess combined with the other Brainiacs, that he still has the three dots. And in fact, it becomes like the three dot logo that we're sort of used to. Uh, with yes. Brainiac, instead of being like the three things across the top of his head, now it's like the triangular shaped, uh, like inverted triangle thing uh, that we're used to. That's sort of traditional for Brainiac. That was cool. That we, I, we, aside from giving him the green skin, which which I was very excited to see, they also gave him that. I agree because there's um, I get one. I guess it's in. We'll get into it in Professor Comics Corner, but uh, I like the different suits and whatever else. But Brainiac fives. Um, one of the doppelgangers, their black suit, the evil Brainiac Five, I guess the sad mm. or the sad one. Yeah. Um. His, I really liked his kind of redo of the Brainiac suit, like just the all black with the three pieces in the middle, the three like the inverted triangle, like you said, with the circles. It felt very nineties. Um. Like I'm cool and dark now. Yeah. Like, a, yeah. And it was. It's, um. We've seen Brainiac actually wear that suit before, but mm-hmm. it felt. With the personality change, I liked it. It was fun and different. Do you have any more good bits, or are we moving on to Professor Comics Corner? I think that's it for me. So, yeah, let's let's go on into Professor Comics Corner. I know of at least one thing you're going to want to bring up. Professor Comics Corner. Um, one of the Paradox Brainiacs is wearing the classic Legion of Superheroes costume. Mm-hmm. That was real fun. Real Has fun. the Legion purple, suit, purple jumpsuit, yellow belt, yellow gloves, the whole shebang like it was like it was that was real fun for me i i didn't think it was going to get any more fun than that but it did it did it did frank it did it got so fun that we talked about the anti-life equation really quick oh man that got me excited do you think that's a sign of things to come frank the anti-life equation i i doubt that it that we're going to actually see dark side um well, but I, should, do you want me to explain what the anti-life you equation should. is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the anti-life equation. Let me pull up my blackboard. <laughs> oh, yeah, like the the anti-life equation is actually the fourth thing about myself that I discovered in my <laughs> existential crisis. <laughs> yes. Four nice. down, six to go. Um, the anti-life equation is this theory, like mathematical theory, out there in the universe that proves that. Hope, love, freedom—all these different things—they're—they're they're kind of taken away, and they're—if you take them away, they're actually meaningless in the scope of the world. And so, if you apply that to a sentient species, then you actually rob them of their free will. And so, the new god, Darkseid, one of the uh, great DC villains, has kind of has been searching and searching and searching for this anti-life equation. Sometimes he finds it, sometimes he doesn't. There's a very famous. Um, story called Final Crisis in the grand scheme of Crisis on Infinite Earths and Identity Crisis, Infinite Crisis, 
final crisis uh, that uh, that he actually finds it and um, is able to enslave the Earth by robbing everyone of their free will because of the anti-life equation. So the fact that it just so casually gets brought up in Supergirl is kind of telling because the anti-life equation, I guess if you're if you're an MCU person, the anti-life equation is kind of like the infinity gauntlet for the D, for the DC universe. Yeah. I want to say that there's like an a, that's pretty much the equivalent. Like you have the 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 infinity stones on one end and you have the anti-life equation for for DC. I would say that's in scope. They, they don't do the same thing by any stretch, but they're in scope of magnitude and importance in like the universal comic universe, I guess, yep. then that's that's what that's where it lands. That's a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the same thing, but it's as powerful and as menacing and scary, as big a threat in the DC universe as the Infinity Gauntlet is is in uh in the Marvel universe. I think that's a fair comparison. Yeah. That's pretty good. I think infinite, infinite uh, any life equation has been around since the seventies. Uh, Infinity Gauntlet has been around since the eighties. So, um, not that there's really a who did it first because they're very different in this mm-hmm. case. But, but DC did it first. Anyway, moving on. Um, uh, we have so Brainiac is called Core L in this. Yeah. So I mean he's been Vril Dox this entire time. So I was a little confused when that happened. Well, I mean, I think that that's one of the multiverse like like one of that's one of the changes post crisis one would one could argue. I I guess but he was called Agent somebody maybe Lex somebody called him Agent Dox still in this episode. So it's still his name. I, I was I was confused where that was coming from and and what yeah I I, I was confused by that I was definitely confused by that okay so I had to I had to do some digging and I'm not I'm truth be told I am not positive okay on my I'm not positive in my like how accurate this information is but I think I think that um core L is the the former supervisor of Fort Roz, you know, mm. Fort Roz we know from season one. Oh yeah. And his, um, his niece is Kara Zorel, and he is the brother of Jorel. So, so, so there's, so there's a uh, Jorel and there's, um, Zorel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so core L is the third brother we don't talk about. Gotcha. Uh, and so, which would make Supergirl his niece and Superman his nephew. Okay. Astra, the sister-in-law, so on and so on and so on. So that, that that's actually super interesting. Um, but I guess I'm confused about the connection to Brainy. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm... Con- that's where I'm confused. So it says... Like based on what I found, like Cora, Krypton was dying, so so he was also sent to Earth. Okay, so from what I can gather, Cor L was sent to Earth, but he didn't arrive on Earth thirty eight like Kara and Clark did. But he arrived on Earth one, which is why we haven't heard about him. Mm. But now that we're 
now that the worlds are merged, he's here and stuff. But I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know anything beyond that. Cor-El is not a comic thing. It's an Arrowverse thing. Okay, hang on. Hang on. I think I have I think I have a some real-time follow-up and I think I've figured out what's going on here. All right, tell me more. Okay. So, Cor-El uh has we've been we've been thinking of it as Core like K O R E L, right? Like the right. House of L. Yep. Um, which is what it sounded like, and it's what the captions said last night, because I checked. Yes, it is what the captions, because I was watching with captions. Right, but the captions are wrong, because what the name actually is, and you might want to write this down, because it's a little weird, Q-U-E-R-L. Q- Q-U-E-R-L. So, like, oh. Quarrel, you know, Cor- Coral, I guess, Coral Docs, that's Brainiac 5's name in the comics. Yep. Yep. So... That's what she was saying, and the captions threw us off because it looked like it said Corel. So someone was transcribing it incorrectly and threw us uh, off. So <laughs> there you go. It's it's Coral, not Corel. Uh, but the way she said it definitely sounded like Corel, and Coral. the captions definitely said yeah. Corel. So all right, there we go. Uh, that makes way more sense because there's also like this galactic Superman that's named Corel and yes. from like the year two million or something like that and there was almost not couldn't find any information on that and I was getting real confused I'm yeah because really there's confused. also a, ca- a character from DC one million named Corel um one million okay yeah yeah so yeah that's that all right that's a that's salt we can put that one to bed thank goodness I was actually really getting uh confused by that one so i'm i'm glad we can put that aside so that's 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 his name i guess vril vril docs must be original brainiac and that's where I'm, I'm getting that from um all right i feel a lot better now good good real-time update frank Whew. well done well done you you're you're a, a scholar and a gentleman and i'm glad that you're my friend <laughs> likewise excellent uh and so the last one frank um i'm gonna back away from the microphone for this Comic, accurate, Brainiac 5, color, and costume. Let me say that again close to the microphone. Color, accurate, Brainiac 5, color, and costume. Yeah. I'd like to point out, Frank, that I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited about this. I loved that transformation because, honestly, I never liked his look. Never never cared for the blue the blue makeup and all that stuff. Like, just didn't, didn't do it for me, but making him green and giving him the right costume looked great the only thing that i liked about the blue with the head pieces is that he looked in a way like the superman the animated series brainiac that had the head pe- like the logo was on his head and he was that light blue color however that's not brainiac 5 that's brainiac and so i was not on board i didn't love it okay um but i friggin' loved everything that we saw on screen. Like, the nice blonde hair, his um, Wicked Witch of the West green. Yes. You know, like, the purple suit with the intricate design and the collar, and then the three pieces making the inverted triangle. Frank, I was in love. It was pretty spectacular. Fantastic. I loved it. Oh, it, like, I... My mouth fell open a little bit because it was something that we there were no rumbling. We didn't hear any rumblings or set photos or anything. There was just like totally in the moment of bam, comic accurate Brainiac five. Here you go. 
and arguably easier makeup and whatever else to put on. And and looked more natural, too. I don't know if it's actually, if they're actually fa- uh, painting his face green or if they're doing, just they're coloring it in, in post. It kind of looks like they're just coloring I, it in post. I think it's, it feels like digital coloring in post, personally. It looks right, good. That's what it looks it like. Looks, it looks better than the, than the way they were doing it before. So I'm, I'm I agree. I agree. He looks less sick, actually. But there's almost like this reason for him to be sick now that those three pieces we learned to be like personality inhibitors you know because we one broke last season remember this you know and then he went all regular brainiac you know like i'll destroy earth kind of thing and uh and so i like the follow-up to that where they just didn't leave that piece hanging and they're really they're giving something they're giving something with they're giving something too brainy to do besides being smart um i i like that very much I have questions, though, but I'm going to get into those as we get into themes, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Um, are you? Do you have any other Professor Comics corners? Uh, no. I mean, the costume is really the the biggest one, I think. Um, so with with that out of the way, no, I think uh, we can uh, head on into into Storytime Village. Let's let's talk about themes. I'm curious if you think that a lot of the themes from the first half of the season still apply, or if if maybe we're heading in different directions. But I guess maybe we'll need a couple episodes to really know that for sure. I'm glad that you asked that question, Frank, because I was worried because I didn't get rid of my original... I didn't get rid of my original pieces, my original themes, which, if people don't remember, are an overreliance on technology, you know, the dark side of technology, secrets and trusts, and they're using good and evil, the shades of villainy, and the integrity of journalism. Uh, I... I'm finding, based on this episode, that they all still kind of fit. So it's very possible that we will be continuing these trends moving forward. So allow me to allow me to elucidate, if you will. Please do. Number five, Frank, my willingness to wear more bold colors. I really think that I've been wearing. You know, I yeah, just yeah, more neon. You need more neon. I need more neon in my life. In the 2020s, the new Roaring Twenties, I think I need need some neon in my life. All right, first. I think so. This dark side of technology, we have these multiple brainiacs, uh, which were fun to all wear, to see these different sides of Brainy's personality. And then we learn about the inhibitors that have been, uh, he's not been able to access his true self, right? He can't access, quote, the big brain, the big as brain, they call yeah. it. The Kaluan brain. Uh, crazy that his dad put them there because I his know. mom was like, I bottled this earth for you because you like snow. Okay, you crazy lady. Yeah, this Thank is a reckless, thoughtful gift. Reckless family who just were like, cool. Uh, well, you liked the snow, so here's a whole planet just for you. I mean, it's nice, really, if you think about it. Nice. I mean, cool motive still kidnapping an entire planet it's nice i follow <laughs> under the, the it's nice category okay um, cool it's not though but i mean think about the family he comes from right brainiac original like og brainiac is one of the dc's greatest villains a hardcore superman villain slash sure. kind of upped its his status to just general dc universe villain yeah yeah so so you got to give him some. You got to give him some credit. You got to give him some credit there. And so I guess like it's a bigger deal that 
Brainiac 5 breaks out of the mold of his generations of family being terrible, terrible beings. I guess I didn't, you know, I I always picture Brainiac 5, you know, since he comes from a thousand years in the future, that he is in in that in that intervening thousand years that the brainiacs who've come and gone in between are uh there's been some kind of an evolution uh and less of a hard break on his point of like no i'm gonna be good uh so it's it's interesting that like his parents were kind of question well his mom anyway was kind of questionable his dad sounds like was like all right we need to we need to we need to put a damper on this real quick before he becomes like our ancestors yes i agree so maybe so there's a bit of a there is a bit of a transitionary process, but it maybe it's not as strong until yeah, you hit yeah. Brainiac Five, which is all good. Um, so I like all that, but that's not really the dark side of tech because you have these Brainiacs who have like merged with him to be so that he they could all be in like the collective big brain. Yes, right. You yes, kind of like the Borg, like hive mind, the Borg collective. Uh, it sounds like it's sort of a similar thing to that. Right. So my question is. How does that affect Brainiac moving forward? Because, like, if he's a 12th level intellect, the show has almost told us that, like, well, he hasn't been as smart as he could be up until this point. So he hasn't been able to solve all the things that he should solve, that kind of, you know, hoobity hoobity nonsense. So, what is he going to be solving? And doing and adding to the super team and the DEO since he's uninhibited now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What what new potential did he just unlock by doing that? Right. Um, that's that's where I'm curious. And then of course you have his break off with Nia Nall. Uh, you know, he says we can't be together anymore because of reasons. And then he walks off, mm. and he's all sad about it inside. You know, which is kind of ties into that secret and trust thing, you know, like the, you know, he's just like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm upset about this secretly, but I can't tell you about <laughs> it know. because of the reasons. I, and I'm like, oh, you guys are doing so well. You, yeah. Yeah. You were doing so well. I, I, I really am starting to feel like, can we just, can we just talk? Can we just tell each other? Like, we're, we're all heroes here after all. Like, can we just explain like what the reasons are for things rather than just being all dramatic about why we can't be together and I can't tell you why and truth yeah, yeah. Frank I, I honestly think that is just our age and the network we are watching our show on it's true it's true I, um, I, I, I think it's also the longevity of how, how many how many years I've been watching those stories like when I was a teenager and saw it on Smallville I was like oh yeah well Clark really can't tell anybody so I guess that's that but when we're in a world where everyone knows each other's secret identities and everything anyway like what's the what you can't explain to her like why i don't know you can't explain it just just explain it just tell her you're being just, a dumb boy yep just maybe that but i mean maybe that's it he's just being a dumb boy he's the know. smartest dumb boy ever but but maybe he's just he's missing that well i would say that he was missing like the um, emotive connection but he's obviously upset by what he's done so I do, so there's a bigger mystery here, Frank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. We'll see. The other side of the dark side of tech thing is Andrea Rojas. Not we let's not forget about her. Um, this new virtual world, right? She's like, oh, everyone could be a collective being. You say, blah blah blah, like the Big Brain. No connection to Brainiac uh, Five true, whatsoever. True. Maybe there's going to be some kind of connection yep. there later. Probably. Yep. Probably. I mean, I think that's why we have our brain. Our you know, Brainy Prime reconnecting to the big brain. I think it's probably because it's gonna, 
there's going to be some kind of connection there. Have you ever watched Black Mirror? I've seen episodes. Did you seen San Junipero? Nope. San Junipero is an episode of Black Mirror where the people in the future are all connected to each other through VR. And they're all terrible. living their fantasy. So, like, there's people in nursing homes who are too old to go out and do things. So they're just, like, catatonic in a bed at a nursing home or a hospital. Like, their body is dying of cancer or, or, or whatever kind of um, illness, you, you know, that they might have because of their old age. But they are disconnected from their body and they're out there in virtual reality uh, uh, living like they're 20 and they're, they're like, living all their, their life dreams and everything in virtual reality. Nope, and nope, they're meeting mind. people. Sign, sign me up on board. And yeah, they're meeting people and dating people and like whatever. And people, well, I don't want to give away the ending, but um, <clears throat> that's sort of the premise. Um, and the episode follows the story of a couple of people who meet in this virtual reality world and, and want to stay together in, in, in virtual reality. So um, that's uh, that's the vibe I got from this. It very much reminded me of this popular episode of, of Black Mirror, which I highly recommend, by the way, um, if you enjoy that show. I do. I when I sit down at the television, it's not a show that I'm like, oh man, I should watch this. Like I never, I don't think of it, and that's my own fault. It's nobody else's. Not even the show's fault. It's just mine. This is true. Moving on, secrets and trust. Let's talk about the Luthers mm. and all of their stuff. So the world believes that Lex Luthor is a hero. He is not. We know this. Although he does have a taste for it, that doesn't mean doesn't make him one. Right. Um, and so really only the super team and now William for reasons because he's an ace reporter and stuff. Uh, he knows maybe the truth possibly. So they give him a new they gave him a new reason for showing up at Catco. I feel like the super team was just like eh, our version of Leviathan really didn't work. So let's just give William a new reason for being at Catco. Maybe guess so. And then we'll just reorganize everything. Why not? Sure. It works the, for me. I guess, I suppose. Um, yeah, William, I'm really, I'm struggling to see what William's role in all this is at this point. Um, I suppose we're about to find out, but it sure seems like we've we've been wondering for a while what he's doing here and really haven't gotten many straight answers to that. There was a, there was a moment where Kara goes over to him and she's like, oh, what are you doing here? And I was like, Kara, I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> what is I I don't know, Kara. That what an excellent question you have arisen for me. Yes, well, you see, I am a character on this show, yes. and uh, through no fault of my own as an actor, because I'm actually quite good. I'm just here because of the reasons. Sometimes I feel television, particularly, you know, they have to like because it's such a crammed process of like writing the season and mapping it out and who do we get and whatever else like they get idea better ideas as they go and then they act like some actors who have signed up for roles and things like that are kind of like oh yeah no i was supposed to be doing all this fun stuff but now i'm not yeah, sometimes doing it, any fun stuff sometimes it seems like they had they had a certain idea at the outset and then they kind of changed direction but well i got this character who's here and maybe he's not as big a, a piece of the story as you were planning on and I, I really I, I feel like they felt like they needed to replace uh, Agent Liberty uh, with another sort of mysterious figure. And, and it just feels like maybe they didn't really have much of a story to tell there or, or at least not for 
the first half of the season. Maybe he could have been introduced now or something, you know? Um, Yes, you could have sidled up to him like, oh, William, what are you doing here? I'm like, and you're like, oh, post-crisis world. We know this guy now, you know? Yeah, yeah, right? Like, it seems, uh, I don't know. It, it, It feels like we've been sort of meandering a bit, and I hope that now we're about to, like, go down a path. A lot of pieces are in place now. We've got the Luthers. We've got people are becoming aware of Leviathan. Lex is now becoming involved with Leviathan. Uh, he's at least curious about it. So we have some direction now, and I hope that we pursue that and that it's not a misdirect because I like that as a direction. Me too. I really did like that scene where where um, Lena was like, blah, blah, blah. You were just a puppet for a Leviathan. And he's like... What what the hell is Leviathan? I love that he didn't even know what it was. I love that. Yep. One, that says something about the secrecy of Leviathan when Lex Luthor doesn't know. Right. But also, like, how shocked he is that he's like, I'm sorry, I don't know about what this thing now. You yeah. Know? He's not accustomed to to being in the dark, and he doesn't like it. No, he doesn't like it one bit. Not I'm one bit. excited about that. So, um... We'll get back to that, but Kara tries to retell Lena the truth. You know, she's like, oh, maybe Lena doesn't remember, so I'm going to go and be a good person. And Lena totally calls her out on it because she's totally. like, Lex told me everything and I believe him because he's obviously telling the truth for reasons. Um, I love that she's like, what, you were just going to like prance in here like like a hero and like heroically tell me the truth? Like, easy, easy to do now, like second chance. I- and like then pretty much car was like, No, that's not totally at not all what that... I was going to do. Like nope. I came under good intentions to tell you, but also yes, that is what I was going to do. As she like sheepishly yes. puts away the like sorry I'm secretly a superhero card and like tucks it into her <laughs> Just, like puts it back in her pocket, like, No, definitely wasn't nope, it's all good. Uh anyway. Uh, well, I you're looking you well. Are, I hope you are well. I noticed that you still sit on the same side of the couch that you always do, even when I'm not there. That's very nice of you, and uh, I'll be uh, I'll be seeing you. All I'll, right, be, take I'll care. be hanging out because I'm yeah. Supergirl, as you already know. So cool, cool, cool. cool. Yeah, it's cool, 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 cool. Um, but then, so then, Lena is really torn between like, does she partner with Kara, who she technically is already partnering with because of the DEO, or with Lex, who she's technically already partnering with because of the DEO slash family and stuff like that. And she's torn between who's gonna protect. her her own self-being, her emotions, because everyone's just like, your robot friend wasn't good, so why don't you have some human friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. There were a couple of jabs about the robot. It's sort of like, yes, you tried hanging out with a robot, huh? How'd that work out for you? Yeah, yeah, they were kind of merciless on the robot. Um, Honestly, like, deserved. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of, but still. Um so I like that Lex goes full out and he is like, here's this truth seeker alien that I have access to because I'm, you know, head of the DEO and stuff. Uh, and and he's like, hey, I'll tell you the truth. I'll honestly tell you the truth. I will betray you the moment that this doesn't work for me anymore. And I don't want to do this alone because I've looked fate like death in the face and I didn't like it. And so I'm changing some things, but not all things. Will you join me? Huh? 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 Will you? Will you? I was so intrigued by that. I love that. As I mean, I, I sort of expect that honesty from him, especially this version of Lex seems to be very straightforward and, you know, a straight shooter doesn't really have much to hide. He doesn't need to lie because he's smarter than you anyway. So he could tell you what he's going to do to you and still do it because he's smart enough to pull it off. 
Yep. So I there's agree. no reason for him to lie. Um, there's absolutely no reason for him to lie, especially when he's saying like the second it becomes inconvenient for me, that's when I'll, I'll stab you in the back. Um, knowing that I, I, I like, and she appreciates that too, right? She's like, cool. I, that's what I've come to expect from you. Cool. Handshake. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, let's do this mutually beneficial. Do you think that Lex's now here's, so Lex's aims with the DEO, you know, you have this guy who famously hates aliens, Superman and the super family in particular. Uh, and he's head of the alien hunting organization. Not weird at all. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's, that's why that's kind of a perfect fit, right? Because that's his, his passion is his for, uh, focusing on humanity at the expense of, of aliens and, and getting rid of aliens because he's like very much a purist, a like, uh, you know, he, at the, at the exclusion of, of all else, like humans, humans first, humans above all else, very much in line with everything we saw last season mm-hmm. with agent Liberty and all of that storyline of getting rid of aliens, discriminating against aliens. That's what Lex Luthor typically stands for. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll see how, like, where the DEO trends, I guess. Yeah. With Lex. Now, do you know how many episodes John Cryer is supposed to be in? Because I did not know he was supposed to be back after Crisis. So the fact that he was in this episode was like, ooh, this is fun. I'm I'm not sure how many he's signed up for. I, I do know that he's he's said like he's he's en- really, really enjoying being like playing this role and like he he asked to be part of crisis like he when he found out that's what they were doing so he he clearly is excited about this i hope this is all going to set him up for whatever part he's he might play in the superman and lois show which has been ordered to series so yeah. before the pilot so i'm like i highly doubt that if if they have all these characters back together that the last thing they're going to be is like no we don't need lex luthor lies yeah exactly i think he'll be around whether he'll be a a series regular doubt it but but i think he'll be around and he seems to be on board to come back and play the character like he seems to be really enjoying it so like maybe he's on board to float maybe he just like you know like i'll go between both of you like it doesn't doesn't i love that i'd love him to do like an arc or two uh on each season on each show each season you know if you do like an arc at supergirl and an arc over at superman and lois once yeah, per I season don't need, each, i don't be great. don't really need lex as the main bad guy that's not totally what i'm interested in but i'm happy to see lex as a recurring character yeah i'd rather make it an event and make it something special and use him deploy him tactically use him to the best effect that you can not necessarily quantity but focus heavily on the quality and mm-hmm. on, on making every time he's there, make it count. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and just to cap off this uh, secrets and stuff, uh, Brainiac 5 opts to work with Lex in secret to track Leviathan. Yes. So, uh, somebody emailed us, you had said, and said, you know, we got to, in a way, a Brainiac Lex Luthor team up, which I did not think about, which is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I do. I do love it. That was from Wu's email. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what What are your thoughts on Brainy's actions to do this in secret? Because now he's operating at full 12th level intellect. 
Yep. That doesn't mean he's evil. It just means that he's operating at full full intellect. So that means like the secret doesn't matter as much as the end goal is what he seems to be. Yes. Implying. Yes. Uh, I think he very much thinks that the ends justify the means and that keeping it a secret from everyone who he cares about is fine because the greater good will be served. I think this is so he is he is still he's the Brainiac five of the Legion of Superheroes. Let's not forget. Right. He is the good guy brainiac so i'm not worried about him doing anything evil per se except that he's the good by good guy brainiac with the inhibitors with the inhibitors True. don't forget mm-hmm. with the inhibitors off i don't th- i still think this is this is that this is that brain in fact if, if anything he's become i think more of himself i don't know i could be going on a limb there but i think he's not going to do anything um intentionally harmful to anyone i think he's doing it because he thinks like well i've been told by my self by another brainiac that the only way i'm going to pull this off is by partnering with lex luther so that's what i'm going to do um so i think i think he's i think he's he's doing it because he's he's got the right reasons at heart and he wants to save the world save the multiverse but I wonder if maybe the advice he was given was not the best advice. Yep. Or, on the flip side, we've seen that Lex has been, you know, Lex helped save the multiverse um, in Crisis. So, he, you know, he was, like, involved in in all of that, all that happened there. So, maybe he is an important piece of the puzzle. Maybe willingly or unwillingly, I'm not sure, but maybe you do have to be on the same side as him in order to to win the, the bigger fight. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I don't know. It could turn a, it could turn a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Speaking of turning a few different ways, let's talk sure. about Shades of Villainy. Shades of number, Villainy. Let's do number it. one, number seven, I'm not really so much a villain in my own life as sometimes circumstances around me affect my choices. And I think that that can be said for all of us. And that includes Lex and Lena, Frank. You know, wow. Like, nice. <laughs> thanks. Um, thanks. Um, so Lex um, bargains with the monitor, right? We had seen this previously, but we know like the actual deal now. This, um, you know, is like, I'll do anything you want, but you got to make sure my sister and and her memories are is alive. Her memories are intact. She makes it to this world. Lex really does care about her, like actually cares about her more than anybody else. And he doesn't show it, but his like way of showing it is obviously like in a way so villainous because he's still using her yeah. I, th- I i i agree with you i think he does care about her more than he cares about anyone else but he's still using her and that's just in his nature even when he cares about someone it's sort of it's it still got selfish motives uh at the heart of it in a way yeah i mean isn't that true for our relationship as well? I mean, oh, I, absolutely. Just get, I just get used and used and used. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, I'm fine with it. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, I'm just using you for your body. That's all this has ever been about. I thought so. Yeah. I thought yeah. so. Ironically, because we do this in a digital space. Well, I mean, I'm I'm doing a really bad job at it, but that's that was, you know, kind that's of the original Besides goal. the point. That's yes. Besides the point. <laughs> Frank, you mentioned earlier Lillian runs the Luther Foundation, the charitable organization, the Luther Foundation. Yep. And I just, the irony is rife. Oh, man. There's so much of the irony because, you know, now, now you start wondering like, well, is the, is the, um, is it an up and up 
thing? Is it an up and up foundation? What are they funneling that money into for other reasons? You know, like, I wonder if that's something that's going to be explored later on. I just love that this whole we got the whole Luther family back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're all back there. That's exciting. Like, this is a fun dynamic we get to see now. I love this. This whole they've been really open, uh, clearly, to changing some things around post-crisis. They have the flexibility to do that, and I love that this gives them the creative freedom to say, you know what, what are some stories we wish we could tell? Who are some characters we wish we could use more than we've used them or use them differently than we've used them? You know, they can pull in Lillian being in prison sort of whenever they want, but fun to put her in a different setting and have her conspire with Lex. You know, everything she said about like, well, we took over the last world, we can do it again here. Um, I love that. I love that idea that a lot of the pieces on the board, the players can be used in different ways than we were before because all bets are off post-crisis. Mm-hmm. That's that's what happened in comics post-crisis, and that's what they're doing, at least on this show. Hopefully, uh, I, I haven't yet seen uh, what's happening on Flash uh, or, or Black Lightning or any other shows yet as, as we're recording this. So I'm excited to see what goes down from here. Well, I I could bat, I saw watch Batwoman and Batwoman definitely has some status quo changes moving forward. Not tons because she already existed on Earth One, um, but even just to see Catco Magazine in Batwoman That's is a right. huge change. And like to see Kara's name on the cover of the magazine, even though her name's not mentioned, like that's like that's huge. Yeah, that's a that's a really big deal. And I'm. Isn't it so funny that it's just it's kind of dumb that we're just like they're all in the same world and it's exciting. Like it's kind of dumb. It's kind of dumb, but we've waited like eight years for this, you know. So so in some ways we've been waiting our whole lives, Frank. In In some some ways. ways. Honestly, yes, in some ways. Indeed. And then speaking of but and then villains in total, where is Leviathan? What are they up to? Where they're rearing their rug ugly head are they are they um dead are do they not exist anymore like well i mean first of all i think we can all agree leviathan leviathan was inside us all along um but mm. yeah but uh no i think you know uh andrea's uh mentor there the blonde lady mm-hmm. um clearly is doing the work of leviathan and i think that the idea of having everyone escape into this vr um, fantasy world, uh, Black Mirror style, is part of the grand plan for Leviathan to to get that all going, and for their you know evil evil plan to come to fruition, it's going to partly involve everyone um, losing themselves to to VR. To I I agree with that too. I absolutely agree. I think that's where we're going. And then finally, the integrity of journalism. We've talked about Lexus commercial for the mm. DEO. Nothing really much to say there, Frank. So we wrapped up Storytime Village, uh, which means that we've pretty much wrapped up this episode, except for, of course, number eight. Frank, I realized that I don't really use a lot of electricity in my life, and that's why my electricity bill is fairly low, and so life's good. All right. Cool. I was kind of hoping that you were going to be like, and number eight, I realized that uh, 10 was too many, so I'm going to stop it at eight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, odds are you could still get that at nine or ten. I could get that at nine. Yeah, we'll see. Who's to say? Well, let's find out right now. Number nine, 
frank um i wish that mail was a thing still but not just junk mail and bills but real mail where people sent things to one another like hey i've been thinking about you and life's pretty good and all that stuff it's so nice to see those things in the mail and it makes you really feel loved in this post-crisis world and even in the pre-crisis world and so i'm i'm hoping that the more mail will show up secretly not so secretly all right well i i hope so too people can send us electronic mail which kind of combines your numbers eight and nine there frank how do they do such things yeah um well they can do that if, if you're not sticking around to to talk about the trailer with us uh then this is where we leave you thank you for listening you can contact us at mail at supergirl tv dot com uh, at tv supergirl on twitter where we're live tweeting the show every single week uh you can follow us on instagram at supergirl tv talk you can uh, find us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave leave us a reading uh, or review. It only takes a second. Five stars, please. Would be nice. Uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio, uh, where that's where you can kick us a couple of bucks to keep this show going and all of our other shows on the Thought Bubble Audio Network. You'll find those shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Uh, and uh, you can... Uh, check out all, all, all the other fun shows that we have going on there. There are uh, like almost 10, 10 shows uh, that we have that are that are firing all cylinders. Uh, so as you get ready for the Oscars, you can listen to Academy Rewind, where uh, Tim and Palmer count down the all the best picture films from uh, every Oscars ceremony ever. And they watch every single film that's ever gotten nominated for best picture. It is truly a huge undertaking. You guys have, have uh, gone gone uh under the most recent episode was 1985 um which uh looks to be uh, uh a really good year is it the fives are, are good years 95 uh, was good 85 depends like on depends on the decade i've uh, 85 truthfully had a lot of movies i had never heard of before mm. oh, okay. um but um but that doesn't mean they were bad it just means i hadn't heard of them before sure uh, or had seen them obviously but th- the fives have been kind of stellar in their quality for movies pretty much across the board though you're right 1995 still holds its place as like a just remarkable year for oh, films outstanding or out, yeah, for as cool. awards anyway i should say 94 would be the year so like shawshank redemption and forrest gump and you know other movies that are definitely in that list pulp fiction you know like mm-hmm. that's all one ceremony crazy 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 um, year yeah 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 Frank, do you, have stuff. Anything else? do you have anything else to say before we get into the trailer? That's pretty much it. Uh, we'll be getting to the trailer now. Uh, so if you did not watch the trailer, don't want to know what's happening next week, uh, you're lost. But also, uh, here we go. Here we go. Number nine. Uh, Frank, I think that trailers should really come after the movie like they do on television. You know, like the trailers follow things which is what they do on tv but in the movies they come before they used to go after the movie and then they realized that nobody stayed for the trailers and so they it was false promotion but i think that it's a misnomer of a name now and that really doesn't affect me as a person so much it's just a general wonderment about the world but number 10 Windshot is back, Frank. He's an alternate version, probably, most likely. And so Jeremy Jordan is back. He's an evil toy man, and I'm excited. I'm excited. This is the kind of, again, the post-crisis stuff where we can we can shift things around, we can play around with them. I love that we're getting to play around in this sandbox where we have Jeremy Jordan, who was a beloved character for several seasons on this show, 
now gets to come back and and we already did the toy man thing with his father and uh and and we 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 played in that sandbox but now that it's a new earth and that things have changed and then the timeline has changed we get to double dip a little bit and we get to see jeremy jordan play toy man and it looks like it's gonna be wacky and zany and i'm kind of looking forward to it. like they it, they they very much presented it in like a dark and dour and serious and almost like a horror film uh way but um i'm 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 but it's also like you know clanging like monkeys with cymbals like there's That's still right. something kind of silly about it those classic toys we all played with as kids frank monkeys I, clanging with cymbals i definitely had something that was like that though did you? Maybe it was like a teddy bear or something, but it was like it was like a uh, like autumn like a mechanical like like almost like a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic that had that was like clanging cymbals. Maybe it was a bear, maybe it was a monkey, I don't remember. I definitely had one. Didn't look like these, but I had one. Cool. Frank, um I'm excited. I like that it didn't show us a lot either, you know, as trailers, you know, they tend to mislead. So there's definitely a B and a C and a D plot we don't know about. Yeah. Uh, which Definitely. is all, which is always exciting. Looking forward to seeing what new things about the world uh, we learn in this post-crisis yes. era. And uh, most importantly, number ten, Frank. I realized in my existential crisis that you are a truly good friend of mine, and I am so happy to share my life with you in some capacity. Aww. Thanks, bud. Even though I'm using you for your body. Yes, of course. I mean, it's a great body. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, who can really blame me, right? Who wouldn't? Am I right? Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. yeah, high fives. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, for sure. I'm I'm excited for I'm excited for this, and I'm excited that the name of the episode is "Back from the Future Part One," oh, which means he's coming back for a two episode thingy, probably. That's what I would think. Uh, so I love I love knowing that, and yeah, baby, I'm excited. I'm excited for this. I wonder if the actual win is coming back from the future to confront his doppelganger toy man self. Otherwise, then he's really not back from the future. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, who can say? We'll have to wait till next week and find out. But uh, it's, a, it's a fun little trailer, and it looks like it's going to be a, a fun episode. So, hey, man, um, I'm into it. And this would put us at just about the halfway point of the season now. Um because if we're looking at 22 episodes, oh, this is episode 11. We're halfway there. Oh, Supergirl season five. Yes, sir. Good stuff. That put us halfway Great. to season six. Great. Good stuff. All right. Well, Frank, I think this was so much fun. You're, you're a bucket of fun per usual. So I'd say uh, until next time. Up, up, and away.